Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey there, it's Gary Parrish. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. If you're watching on YouTube, smash the like button like you're Brandon Davies. You have consent. And uh, don't forget while you're here, also go ahead and subscribe to the CBS Sports College Basketball YouTube channel. Let's get into it. I want to start by uh, apologizing for the later than normal start time on a Wednesday. We plan to go at 10 a.m. Eastern, but uh, Deadleg has uh, multiple sick children. Have you seen a doctor? How's everybody feeling? Oh, boy. Uh, you know. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, GP. Happy New Year. Great to see you. Great to be back on the show with you. Um, you know, of course, the kids got it. We had this whole Christmas break here. <laughs> and I'm not kidding, man. Like, Christmas break was over yesterday, Tuesday morning. And that's the day that the younger one decided to, to get some pink eye. And then the older one, he really, really got some bad pink eye. So, um, when uh, he woke my wife and I up in the middle of the night, when we knew he had a pink eye situation and it looked like he got into a brouhaha or fracas outside an Irish pub and uh, we knew it was going to be bad. I had to, you know, take him to the doctor nice and early and that wound up delaying things. So apologies. Anyone that's checking in live on a Wednesday afternoon for an unusually timed live pod on YouTube. We appreciate you. And if you're waiting for it to get into your phone, well, there you have it. Uh, you know, this time of year is going to bring a lot of, especially if you have kids, it's going to bring some, uh, some sickness and unpredictability, but you know, little guys doing okay downstairs right now and playing with Legos and mom and I are just begging them to not touch his eye and to, cause this thing is contagious GP. That's the oh, other yeah. thing that the pink eye, it'll, it'll tear through a community. <laughs> and so we are begging him to not touch his face and touch his eye, which he is not, <laughs> not adhering to. And then saying, just keep hold of tissue in your hand at all times, wash your hands every 10 to 15 minutes. And, uh, and I'll tell you what, one more thing. When's the last time you had to get the eye drops in your in your kid's eyes for the old pink eye? Because that's that's an adventure. Yeah, I, I don't remember putting oh. uh, eye drops in my kid's eyes, but I get mine done sometimes in in the makeup chair. I say, "Can you hit me with some Visine? It looks like I haven't slept much." <laughs> yeah, I feel like you might want to use that on the pod every now and then too. <laughs> I, might, I might need it on the pod. Need it for CBS Sports HQ. Hey, I'll tell you another thing that I'll tear through a community just like pink eye. I am I, I half terrified, half intrigued about what you're about to just say. Co- COVID. Oh, guess who has a guess who has a seven year old positive COVID kid? There you go. Yeah, I, my mom and uh, youngest son have both tested positive for COVID in the past two days. So yeah, and and I've I've been a little under the weather. I had like a stomach bug right before New Year's. Um, I spent one day like like genuinely sick all day long. I think it was the last 
maybe it was last Thursday. I, I, I didn't throw up during that podcast last Thursday, but I did before after? and I did after. I did. Oh, I had no idea, man. I know. I just tried to barrel through. So uh, wow. hope everybody's feeling better than the Norlanders in the parishes because we're, we're struggling. We're struggling a little bit. We, we did. What are we? Uh, interesting week to start off 2024 here, by the way. What do we want to kick it off? Because I got to say, like, there's a couple of interesting topics. We're going to get into it, but I don't know if there's like a a major headlining topic as we get conference play underway in earnest here uh, in the first week of 2024. Yeah, well, um, I was uh, in studio last night, CBS Sports Network, Inside College Basketball. Be back in studio today. We've got a 6.30 Eastern show followed by an A-10 doubleheader. Then we'll have a recap show at the end of the night. And one of the things that, uh, you know, final thoughts on the night, uh, that 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 90-second that D block that you get in television all the time, it's like, hey, we've blown through all the time, but we've got one more block to get through. we got one more break to take. 90 seconds, just final thoughts on the night. So last night I'm sitting in studio, and it's like final thoughts on the night. What's the big takeaway from the night? You could have easily gone with, uh, you know, Purdue at, at, at winning comfortably at Maryland snapping the Terrapins 19 game home winning streak. Like Maryland had won 19 straight in that building. Purdue just goes there, uh, records uh, an eighth uh, victory inside the first two quadrants. That leads the country. But I really thought the story of the night was what Illinois did to the only team that has beaten Purdue so far this season, and that is Northwestern, because Illinois played Northwestern last night, just the second game since Terrence Shannon was suspended, and they beat them dudes by 30. Um, It was just six days ago that Terrence Shannon was suspended. He's been charged with rape in the state of Kansas, and at that point, it's it's reasonable to wonder when that happens, like how the Illinois how Illinois will will respond to that. Like, they, is the team going to come together in the face of adversity or fall apart after losing such a massive a guy who was projected to be a, a first-team All-American by most? It's still too early to know for sure exactly which way this is going to go, I think. But the early returns have been great. First game without Terrence Shannon, beat Fairleigh Dickinson by 33. Second game without Terrence Shannon, beat Northwestern by 30. So here's the question for you. Mm-hmm. Even if Terrence Shannon never returns to Illinois' basketball team, can the Illini compete? Can they finish? Let's just draw a hard line. Finish top three in the Big Ten even without Terrence Shannon. Now that I think is possible. Uh, the court report on Wednesday, item three in it is I just, you know, I reassessed going into league play. All right, here are my preseason picks for every team to win all the big six conferences. Where do I stand now? Some answers changed, some didn't. Big 10 obviously did not change. Purdue is on a tier by itself and the data all backs that up. But Illinois does stand as the firm number two team right now. Now, most of that obviously is with what it has been able to do to this point with still some actual preseason priors. Uh, Those don't fade out of Ken Palm until later on this month there. Uh, So it's not accounting for not having Terrence Shannon Jr. in the lineup and nor should it. We went over that on a recent episode there and we will see whether whether or not he comes back. We will we will have to wait and see on that. Uh, They have not dropped off at all staying in the top three in the big 10 gp that's absolutely on the table now wisconsin is entering into that conversation it's 10 and 3 it got uh you know a a casual win on tuesday night over over iowa which is not in that discussion other teams in that discussion who do we want to put in there gp do we want to put michigan state ohio state ohio state i think those are the two really so it it sounds I, i think on a surface level it sounds like Man, you lose Terrence Shannon, you're probably not going to finish top three in the Big Ten. Except all you got to do to finish top three in the Big Ten is probably be better 
Okay, I, I agree with you, by the way. Purdue's on a level by itself. So let's just go ahead and slot Purdue in there, probably as your outright conference champion, but definitely in the top three. All right, so now we got two spots. Let's, let's throw Wisconsin up there with Purdue just for the sake of this conversation. So now you got one more spot. You got to be better than Michigan State and Ohio State and Nebraska and Iowa and Michigan. I think you can still do that without Terrence Shannon. I think that's probably true, and it probably speaks to when I spoke with Brad Underwood after they played in the Jimmy V, uh, and Underwood has even spoken on this again after the Shannon news. Um, he just stands by the fact that this team that he is coaching is more collectively mature and on top of its stuff, uh, guy by guy by guy down the roster from the starters to you know guys that are barely playing than any group he's ever had. Now, that is a bit of a coaching cliche. You'll sometimes get coaches saying that. Um, and then if you really go back and fact check him, you're like, well, you know, you said this three years ago and you said it six years ago. You want to really line those up here. So I get why coaches say it in the moment. Um, I certainly believe Underwood when we had that discussion, although it is interesting after the fact that even if he didn't know everything with Shannon, uh, he did give me that uh, that quote there, knowing that something potentially could be looming with Shannon. Again, though, they did him and, and the athletic director said they didn't really fully, fully understand the scope of everything that was happening there. I do think that Illinois is going to be one of the three best teams in the Big Ten. Um, whether, you know, the Shannon issue uh, becomes even louder. I honestly, I have no idea. But in the immediacy here, they haven't they haven't dropped off, and it's, it circles back to what you brought up on a show a couple couple shows ago. Where let's just let's just see what they are. And to this point, they are good. Oh, by the way, this is now teeing up for them to play at Purdue on Friday, one of the biggest games of the weekend there. But in my mind. Just a quick aside on Purdue. Uh, I think Purdue is more likely to win the game, to win the league by three games than it is by one game. I think that's, I think that's how much of a different tier Purdue is on. Now it's probably going to lose in league play, but I just don't see Illinois or any other team on the Boilermakers level. I don't either, but I don't think you got to be on Purdue's level to finish top three. And I think I'm not guaranteeing top three, but I can certainly envision it. Marcus Damask might be the new star. Nobody's going to replace what Terrence Shannon was doing, but Damask he got. 32 last night against Northwestern, 11 of 15 from the field, six foot six, 23 year old taking advantage of the extra COVID year. He played four years at Southern Illinois, was a double digit score every single year. Um, and, you know, is now a double digit score at Illinois alongside Quincy Garrier and, and Coleman Hawkins. Like that's a pretty good top three. Like you, you're missing Taryn Shannon, but like, if I tell you the top three is Damask, Quincy, and Coleman Hawkins, like that's a pretty good top three. It's pretty good. I would say you're looking for a little potentially more consistency like Hawkins in general, and he's had some injury issues, but it's it's solid. And now we'll see if I can just kind of step back even further. Uh, Big Ten in general, uh, league is ranked fourth overall uh, per the metrics in, in overall league strength. And is it going to, are we going to have a situation where it can dodge having a bit of a muddy middle, which it had last season, but let me bring this up. So last season, obviously Purdue was on its own tier, won the league by three games, which I think it's going to do again. But then you had the likes of Northwestern, a seven seed, MSU, a seven seed. IU was a four and IU did get one win in the tournament, but didn't make the sweet 16. Of course, Maryland, Illinois, Iowa, Penn state. These were all eight, nine, tens. Um, will we see, you know, Purdue, let's say Purdue's a one seed. Will we see, Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan State, will they be able to break through and get on that two or three line? Uh, will you have, how about this? We have, will the top three teams in the Big Ten do what the top three teams in the Big Ten couldn't do last season and have three teams ranked or seated fourth or better? I actually think that remains to be seen, but um, 
but there is some positive development in Wisconsin right there alongside the likes of Illinois. Wisconsin looks like it's got uh, it's got some some goods to it, even despite a couple of, you know, eye opening losses. We got plenty of time to talk about the Big Ten all season long. We'll revisit it perhaps as soon as Friday. But for now, let's move on. There is only one conference in the country that has multiple 13 and one teams. And it has three 13 and one teams. It is the Mountain West Conference. Deadleg spent some time on it in the court report. If you haven't seen it yet, check it out. CBSSports.com. We'll discuss it momentarily. First, though, a word from our partners. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Only one conference in the country has multiple 13-1 teams. It's the Mountain West, and they got three of them. Dead leg, you spent time in the court report today on the Mountain West. It's this clearly... And I, I know the answer. Is it clearly the best non-power conference in college basketball? And in fact, is it better even than some power conferences? It is on both of those accounts. So it's definitely the best, what I call multi-bid league in the country. Um, it is going to get, I, I'm, I'm close to making this a guaranteed GP. Four bids again. Um, this was item number two in Wednesday's court report. Item number one, we didn't really get into on, on the pod. It's a little bit dated now, but the issue was uh, important enough. Item number one was Shaka Smart uh, going out and playing some help defense against Creighton and that uh, that whole thing with coaches. Um, I don't want to call it a plague, but it being a semi-regular occurrence. So if you are uh, interested in that, that leads today's court report. But Mountain West was a strong number two here. Right now, Mountain West, sixth best league in the country. What's seven? The ACC, which is where the ACC finished a year ago. So the Mountain West right now rates better than the ACC. It actually rates better at the top than the Pac-12. Critically, and we mentioned the 13-1 teams. We'll get to that as well. Critically, though, the Mountain West is performing well in the games that it needs to, and it did in the non-conference. The top of the, the, top of the league right now, so your San Diego State, Utah State, Nevada, New Mexico, Colorado State, they right now have all have 11 or more wins. They're combined 62 and seven. And that is not empty calories GP because all five of them sit in the top 40 at the net, the top 45 at Ken Palm. None of them have a quad three or quad four loss on the resume. And that is key, not just from a resume building perspective, but it will, it also, the tide is rising. So because of that, you even toss Boise State in there. There are going to be fewer Q3, Q4 landmines in league play. Yes, there will be some in the Mountain West, but there will not be a lot. And because of that, and because the Mountain West right now is the only team that had every single, only league that had every single team go 500 or better in non-league competition. Mountain West is the only one to do that. It is going to reduce the number of potential bad losses that are looming out there. While, of course, you know, there's going to be Q2s across the board, a lot of Q1s with road opportunities. I just think because of how good the teams have proven themselves to be, 
and the frankly the math at this point because what you're not going to get you would not think i mean this would be a stunner what you're not going to see here is the likes of wyoming fresno state air force you know the teams that that are you know holding up the bottom of the league they're not going to suddenly become the second fourth and sixth best team in the league so they will have a little bit of of uh, of sogginess to them but overall gp colorado state 13 and 1 utah state 13 and 1 nevada 13 and 1 and uh, and Boise State's not bad either. It's not in that top five group. It's just on the outside looking in. But you know what? It's going to have opportunities to make some noise there as well. Huge year for the Mountain West. And I wanted to highlight it because this stunned me. I went back and looked. You know, before San Diego State made the title game, which was big. I thought it was huge for the conference. Uh, first time a Mountain West team ever made the Final Four, let alone a championship game. The league was formed 25 years ago. The preceding 10 years, the Mountain West, I could trivia time you, but let's just keep rolling. Only three NCAA tournament ends for that conference in a 10-year span. Three total. That's outrageous. I think this year, not only is it going to get four, I think five is on the table. And I think that will be, you'll have a situation this year, unlike last year and the year before and the year before that and the year before that, where you will have multiple Mountain West teams win NCAA tournament games. Um, but the one thing that what probably won't have is you won't have anyone on the one line, probably no one on the two or the three. Um, so if they're going to do it, they're going to need to win multiple tournament games and probably be an underdog in at least one of those. What are your thoughts on what we've seen on the Mountain West and how many how many teams do you have ranked from that league in your top 25 and 1 as of Wednesday? I have Colorado State and San Diego State both ranked. I unlike the AP poll decided to pay attention to the San Diego State Gonzaga game. Well, I went in on that on the court report as well I because saw it. I I appreciate the name reference. Come on now. Appreciate First thing I do anytime I click on a article as I do a quick search for my name to okay. see if I'm in there somewhere. So I appreciate that. Appreciate the shout out for the Politex column. It really is crazy. Like Gonzaga just extended its streak of like 140 something mm-hmm. of consecutive appearances in the AP poll. And I'm happy for them. I love that program, but they should not be ranked right now. And they especially shouldn't be ranked if you're not ranking San Diego state. It's uh, like, I, again, I can't get too up in arms over the poll because this happened, but it's, it's atrocious by the voting collective that they <laughs> there's there's no case whatsoever that San Diego should not be ranked and Gonzaga is. But whatever. no, no, it, it's it's outrageous. So um, I've got those two ranked, but I have at certain points in the season. Look, uh, you know, the other three, Utah State, Nevada, New Mexico, all on my radar. All five are in the top 40 of the net. Um, all five are in the top 45 at Ken Palm. Uh, the Big Ten also only, you know, also, however you want to say it, the Big Ten also has five in the top 45 at Ken Palm. Mountain West and Big Ten have the exact same number of top 45 teams at Ken Palm. ACC only has four. Mm-hmm. Line of Duke, Clemson, and Wake Forest, which has won eight straight. I know. Yeah, I know. Looking good. It's just Steve Forbes. They're 10 and three now. Pac-12 only has three in the top 45 at Ken Palm. That's Arizona, Colorado, Utah. So, the, the Mountain West uh, uh, has as many good teams as at least three power conferences. Yep. And there are only eight teams in the country that have already won 13 games, and three of them are in the Mountain West. Colorado State, Utah State, Nevada. Trivia time. Okay. You name the other five. With 13 wins? Already, there's only eight teams that have 13 wins already. Nobody has 14 or 15. Nobody has more than 13, but eight teams have 13. Three of them are Colorado State, Utah State, Nevada from the Mountain West. You're looking for five more. Houston? Houston is one of them. 
James Madison is one of them. So I need three more with 13. Um, Ole Miss. Ole Miss is one of them. Okay, so there's three under so I, I got two more with 13 right now. You got two more. You ready for this? I don't even want to ruin it. I think I'll give it away. Uh, hold on. Purdue? Purdue is one of them. Okay. And you can't get this one. I can't get it. No. And not ranked? A team not ranked? They're not ranked. Uh, my first instinct is Princeton. Not Princeton. Okay. Um, but it does start with a P. Okay. Now we're getting somewhere. Not ranked. Princeton, Penn, Pepperdine, Pacific. It's not those teams. Um, a P team. Uh, <laughs> I genuinely want to get this here. Uh, not ranked, though. Not ranked. The other four are ranked. This one's not. This is that fun part of the podcast, semi-regular occurrence where people are screaming at their phones. I don't think unless pe- I don't think anybody could get this without looking it up unless you there's are a no fan. Way that, there's of no this way that Pres- Presbyterian doesn't have 13, right? No. Okay, I was about to say there's just no unless way. you're a fan of this team, you have no idea what I'm about to tell you. Has 13 win starts with a P. Come on, GP. Um what time zone? Oh, man, don't get me mixed up. Oh, on come on. You don't uh, even know where the school is? I mean, I do, but I don't know the times. I'm going to go Central. It feels like Central. <sighs> Let me look it up. It feels like Central, he says. Um, I don't right know now, it is. oh, it's Eastern. It's 222 it right now. I'm sorry? It does the does, it does you know some of these like places the time zone? Changes. I don't. I do. I look like. Oh, a, oh never mind. No, do I look like a time zone expert? I just know right now it's two twenty three in New York City and it's two twenty three in this place. I'm not. I don't have the chat up. Has the chat gotten it yet? Just got it. Just got it. Um, this it starts with a P. This is a stumper. Just give it up. Purdue Fort Wayne. Wow. Wow. Shouts to John Conchar. Wow. How about you had the Mastodons? You had two spots left, and the two spots belonged to Purdue and another Purdue. How about that? Damn, I did not know. Trying to make a run up those state of Indiana's rankings. Top five college basketball nickname, by the way, the Mastodons. You better watch out. You better watch out. I, I, we've already accepted that Purdue and Indiana State and Butler. Here we go. Have flown by. Here comes the Mastodons. (laughs) Watch out! How about that? Yeah, no, I would have, I would have been, uh, I would have been searching in the dark there for a minute, GP. I did not have that. Um, so yeah, eight of them, three of them come from the Mountain West. Um, two of them come from Purdue. Two of them come from the Purdue educational system. Purdue is so good; they just decided to have a second team that wins thirteen games. Wow! How, I know. <laughs> how about that? Oh, by the way, I saw in the chat someone was uh, um, just asking uh, about the mountain West and it's projected to get more bits than the PAC 12. Yes, that is the case. According to Torvik right now, the, the, the PAC 12s comfortable, most likely scenario. And I talked about this with KB on Sunday is three tournament bids. The mountain West most comfortable scenario by far is at four and the ACC right now is at five, but it's chances of it, of getting five bids are right alongside with the mountain West. Um, if you really dive and you really want to really sort the data right now, according to Torvik, the ACC is projected to get 4.7 NCAA tournament bids. The Mountain West is projected to get 4.9. So yes, in multiple ways, the Mountain West right now rates better than the Pac-12 
and the ACC. It's a big year for the league, and I do think it's going to continue to make some noise. And uh, I appreciate, by the way, that um, you know you can watch more awesome Mountain West games on CBS Sports Network than basically anywhere else. The conference championship will air on CBS as well. Uh, huge year, and um, yeah, this was necessary because the conference was in need of a reputation overhaul after flopping just time and time again. The tournament only getting one or two bids for six straight seasons. They got four last season and the year before, but only San Diego State made some noise. I think they've got a real good chance here. And by the way, they got really good players. Jaden Ledee and Isaiah Stevens. Stevens was outrageously good on Tuesday night. They kind of lead the charge for, for a conference that's Overdue for some good pub, and we are more than happy to give it to him on the show. It's a fun league. You know, I'm obviously in studio for a lot of these games, and you stay up late watching them. And, like, when you watch a game at Colorado State or San Diego State or Utah State or New Mexico, even Nevada, like, it looks like big-time college basketball. Yes. It, it looks it looks the way it's supposed to look. Um, so it's a really, it's a, it's Except a, for the bats that fly around in Nevada's home arena sometimes. You know. <laughs> Although if that's the, if that's the way that big time college basketball is supposed to look, Alfred's got an issue with it. I got no issue. The more bats, the better as far no, as I'm for more bats. Yeah. yeah. I'm for more bats. Yes. I wish, I wish, uh, you know, Baylor just built this beautiful new $200 million on campus facility. Get it. And then you back cave. They need a back cave. <laughs> that place does look amazing. Doesn't it? It looks it great. Does. It look that, uh, yeah, that might be a court report feature in the next couple of weeks. Because you know what? GP mentioned it before. Um, I'm, I'm with you, man. The, the ideal size for most, for 99% of the sport is somewhere between 7,500 and 9,000 people of yep. an arena at college basketball. It looks awesome. Yeah, like we run into this uh, problem sometime in Memphis. Like, it, it, it'll be like Memphis against Clemson. It's two ranked teams. And, uh, you know, the, the and somebody will, will tweet or whatever. Like, I can't believe we can't fill the building for a game between two ranked teams. It's like there were 14,000 people there. It's just that the building's 17, five or whatever, yeah. the building's too big. But like, if you had that, that sells out most building, it sells out Baylor's new arena twice, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, the, the biggest issue with attendance in college athletics for most is that the, it's not actually the attendance. It's that the yeah. place they're playing in is too is too big for them. And Memphis has it with both FedEx Forum and Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. The football stadium is about 25,000 seats too big. So every even when they got a nice crowd, it looks empty. Mm. And the basketball arena, even though Memphis can fill that up, it's it's if I were if I were built, if you just gave me unlimited amounts of money and said GP, you're in charge, build it, I'd build a 30,000 seat football stadium and a 8,000 seat basketball arena on campus at Memphis and fill it up every time. Yeah. And so I let Baylor, Ole Miss, when they did the pavilion, almost everything you see that's going to be built on campus going forward, smaller and nicer. That's the new that's the new plan. Make them smaller, make them nicer. The thing at Baylor is amazing. And the thing and, and when you're watching Mount West games. They look amazing, just like yeah. games at Baylor look. That's 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 Moby, that. Moby Arena, right? Moby Arena, Colorado State. Yeah, that place looks awesome. That I want to get to a lot of venues in the Mountain West because I live on the East Coast. I haven't had a chance to get out there. Moby might be my number one on that uh, on that bucket list. I've been to San Diego State and I've been to Nevada, but I don't think I've been to any of the other ones. I don't think I've been. Let me. Bring I've it. always wanted to go to New Mexico. I just I've never been. Yeah, no, New Mexico. I, all right, I would. I power a quick power ranking right now. Okay, um, man, there's some good ones in here, dude. I would say, give me Colorado State first. Yeah, give me give me Moby Arena. Shouts to Moby. Um, oh, I've been to UNL. I've been to UNLV. So yeah, I've been, been to three I, of them. You know what? I have been. I've been to Thomas and Mac. 
but I haven't been to it for a game. But I've been to Thomas and Mac. Um, I would say CSU is one. New Mexico, the pit is clearly two. Man, there's some good ones in there, though. But like Boise State, why? Why? You know what? Wyoming might be three on this list, but there are so many good venues in this thing, man. You've even got um, the Spectrum at Utah State, which can really get going. And you know, for a good while there, it was you know, it before it got to the Mountain West it was one of the more intimidating environments at mid-major college basketball. So yeah, I mean, listen, this is you. You should genuinely be tuning into the Mountain West because these teams are going to matter come March, and I think multiple. Uh, I think multiple will wind up uh, winning tournament games. Four seems basically a lock at this point. Five is absolutely on the table. Should be a fun next eight weeks in that conference. Before we get out of here, let's look ahead to the next couple of nights. Some interesting games on the schedule. We'll do that next, but I got to first one more word from a partner. Mm-hmm. Looking ahead to the next two nights on Wednesday night, we got a doubleheader. A10 doubleheader, CBS Sports Network, 6.30 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this before then, we'll be live on CBS Sports uh, Network with an A10 preview. Then at 7 o'clock Eastern, Dayton at Davidson, 9 o'clock Eastern, St. Bonaventure at VCU. Elsewhere around the sport, number 16, Clemson is at Miami. Stanford is at UCLA. Xavier at Villanova. Indiana is at Pinnacle Bank. Oh, boy. Oh, buddy. We might have to do a special episode <laughs> late tonight. What are you doing about one in, one, one in the morning? I will be fast asleep, I assure you. Oh, I was ready. I could just take my makeup I, off. I honestly don't think it should be outside the realm. Uh, you just, you know what? <laughs> you just boot up. Do it half in the dark in your in your hotel room and just do a quick 12-minute emergency episode. Dude, just me by myself give, laughing. Give the people what they want, yes. Just me laughing after an Indiana-Nebraska game. Just like, hey, everybody. That was hilarious, wasn't it? Can Indiana walk into Pinnacle Bank? Oh um, man, I don't know. Many, people, I don't. I will remind people. Many people have walked into Pinnacle Bank. I know. So when you think about it from that perspective, it's like you just got to talk through it. Can Indiana win at Pinnacle Bank? Well, lots of people win at Pinnacle Bank. So sure, especially considering they're a blue blood. Pro, they're a blue blood program. I don't understand why a blue blood program wouldn't win at Pinnacle Bank. Do you? Do you have any? Good insight. To no, why. A lot of people walk into Pinnacle Bank. Right. I would just assume any blue blood program would walk into Pinnacle Bank. It's a weekly. It's a work. It's a weekly thing. Yeah. All Evansville right. is at Indiana State tonight. That's another. We. This is a. You know what? Um, uh, apologies for my children's pink eye because it would have been good to even give us a little more ramp up earlier in the day to get the show rolling earlier. But what? What are you going to do, man? Just pink eye. Just tears through a community. Hope um, it does too. Tons of good stuff here. So Evansville and, and Indiana State, if you're not familiar, that's a game between the second best team in Indiana and the fifth best team in Indiana. Indiana, of course, is the fourth best team in Indiana. I'm not going to give up the coach right now, but I sent out this. We're going to get back to the games, but uh, I did this whole thing about, um, and it's not just Shaka Smart. Shaka Smart being on the court was what prompted me to be like, all right, this happens so regularly. I'm just going to finally write about this. I got a coach sending me. This is how I've had coaches sending me videos of other coaches doing this now. Like, uh, yeah, thank you for writing the story. This keeps happening here. Um, I think this coach might be watching the pod in real time. As well, well. Sh- like with Shaka, and we all love Shaka, but like, yeah, and the free, and frankly, that, that might have that might what he did, the clip that went viral, like might have really impacted the play. I think it did, and that was part of why I wrote it. Um, again, I don't want to get too off track from the games tonight, but yeah, I it was, and frankly, because Shaka, uh, it is will readily admit when he did wrong. And I, I knew that if there was someone who could handle that, it was him made it, made it 
all the more reason why. I mean, I call out other coaches that, I mean, a lot of coaches do this. It's absurd, but in writing, that's what you really find out is that, and, and no coach is hundred percent innocent of this, but this has actually been a topic for years that like really gets under coach's skin. And like, is really like, it's like a borderline boiling issue. And yet the officials just aren't doing anything about it. Like you can give them warnings. You're supposed to give them warnings. You can give them technical fouls. And yet for whatever reason, it's just not happening. But you and I both know like this, it is a regular occurrence where coaches are stepping onto the court. And I'm not talking your guys are at the other end and you're shouting out to defensive command. I'm talking the ball is on your side of the floor and you've got your entire foot out into the into the playing surface. It's completely, I mean, it's completely ridiculous, man. The court's not that big. And I understand the bench size, the size of the bench and the depth uh, between the out-of-bounds line and the bench is not that big. But uh, but yeah, this uh, maybe writing something like that will finally curb the behavior. But it's, it's outrageous. What do you want me to say? Well, think about all the things you see coaches do in college that you would never see them do in the NBA. I thought that about not- that and I... I, I trimmed so it wouldn't be a longer read GP, but I was like, I'm not even going to get in this. The court report. I, I did it for you, but you thank never, you. you never see this at the NBA level. Ever. Well, in the NBA, you're not going to see coaches very often, like in the face of a player yelling at a player. You see it every day in college basketball, every day. You, you rarely will see that in the NBA because coaches know you can't talk to another adult like that. College coaches, for whatever reason, <laughs> think you can, <laughs> but, but professional coaches know like that's a, that's a grown man. I, I'm not going to talk to him that way. All right. So there's that. The way coaches talk to the officials, frankly, if you, the way you just tell me, I don't want to. Who is the who is who's the face of yelling at officials in college basketball right now? Ooh, okay. And then we'll get back to the night, the game, the games of the night. Yeah, the face maybe. of yelling at officials in the sport chat. Chime in. Let's see what you say. I'm, I'm looking at uh, standings here. The face of yelling at officials. I would say uh, Dan Hurley's in the top five. Um, I would say I'm looking. I mean, Fran McCaffrey, it seems Fran to be. Fran McCaffrey a- is number one. You just got the answer. I'm, right. I'm scrolling through it. Uh, you know, and then that is an earned reputation. Even if it doesn't happen every single night, Fran McCaffrey, uh, his best, if you will, or his worst can beat anyone else's best or okay, worst. So, so the way you see Fran McCaffrey, basically every game, just lose his mind. Like that's not something you would see in the NBA very often. Chad is just rolling with Fran mentions. <laughs> yeah. And then, and, and then this, you wouldn't see NBA coaches like imagine for a second, like picture Greg Popovich on the court with his arms out. Like he's in a defensive stance. Like he's trying to d- deny passing lanes. Like you yeah. just don't see that. I know. And, and the reason you see it in college is because coaches are just like five-year-olds. They will get a, they'll do whatever you'll let them do. They'll do whatever you'll let them get away with. Do you, I have two young kids, just like you have two young sons. If I do not tell them to take a shower, they won't. <laughs> you know, they don't have any interest. They don't care that they stink. They don't care that they look dirty. If I do not say, no, you don't have a choice in this matter. Not taking a shower is not an option. Then, um, then they would just not take a shower. If you don't tell kids every day that you have to brush your teeth, before we leave for school, they're fine not brushing their teeth. Uh, you tell kids they you can yeah you can lay in bed all night and look at an iPad. They will lay in bed all night and look at an iPad until they fall asleep or until it goes dead. Co- you you know how you put a stop to this stuff? You just tell coach you can't do that. I, hey, you're out on the court. That's a technical foul. Don't do it again or you'll have to leave. Yeah, you just have to draw the line, just like you're a parent. 
coaches are trying to get away with whatever you let them get away with. So stop it. Hey, you can't talk to me like that. That's a technical foul. Don't say that again or you'll have to leave. Hey, you can't step on the court like that. Don't do it again or you, and you, it'll stop just like that. You, t- you, you throw Shaka Smart, and I don't mean to make it just about Shaka Smart because you're right, it's not just him. But if Shaka Smart gets in a defensive stance in the middle of a game on the court and you double-tech him and get him out, he won't do it again. That'll be it. That'll be the it's it's an easy lesson to teach. You just have to be willing to do it, and yeah. for whatever reason, they're not willing to do it. Fish and and I, as I readily meant in the copy, like it is hilarious. Like looking at Shaka doing this, like, it's at the same time like completely inappropriate because you're not a player, my man. But it is so funny uh, to watch to watch the Sean Woods who coached at Southern last year. I am I linked it up in the story. There's one that's even more egregious from last year, and and you get this all the time. Um, ultimately. You know, a couple of officials I spoke with said it's completely a leadership issue. It's on the refs to call it. It's on the on the uh, director of officiating at the league level to hold their officials more accountable. And then, you know, to get in contact with the coaches and you know, obviously the biggies reach out to shock and say, hey, man, like you can't keep doing this. But commissioners got to lay it on the law. People are just kind of they've been sidestepping the issue. And now we're at this point. I, let's just not have a, a thing where this continues to, to linger and then it costs or it swings the result one way or the other in an NCAA tournament game. Because then it's like, what what the hell are we doing here? But um, but yeah, we've got plenty of names in the chat where people have been mentioning that. It is, it's it's an ongoing thing. Again, not a plague, but it just happens way too much. And I just, you know, I'd like to see it uh, eradicated from the sport. That said, quick thoughts on the slate, Wednesday, Thursday. CBS Sports Network. This is, this is big for the A-10. Dayton. Deron Holmes is that dude. He has been that dude. We told you he'd be that dude. He's been awesome this season. Now he goes on the road, plays Davidson. I actually think it's an important game for the league because if Davidson could get the win, yes, it would help its resume out. But I think it's better long-term for a better chance to be a multi-bid league if Dayton can go on the road and get this win. And then Bonnie's versus VCU. St. Bonaventure to this point is a 9-3 and team. This is its first league game. The A-10's getting league play underway here on Wednesday. VCU at 8-5. and Tough tough spot here plenty of time to go but it's i think these this is an important double header overall there again gp will be on the air to lead into that double header and then he'll have inside college basketball at the end of the night quick dial uh tour around the dial us we're here gp clemson at miami miami has not been a metric starling all season we, we already t- we talked about that early earlier in the uh part of the season but they're 10 and 2 they get the game at home clemson has done a lot of good for its resume here would be really good for the acc if Miami could hold serve there, PJ Hall, by the way, is in the running with the likes of RJ Davis, Kyle Filipowski for ACC Player of the Year, Xavier at Nova. This is just Nova. Can you get this done? Xavier right now is not close to the NCAA tournament conversation. It's a seven and six team. Nova, the game is on your home floor. Can you just can you just take care of business? One three in a row right now is two and zero in, in Big East play. I think that's pretty big. Um, Stanford plays at UCLA. I'm only going to bring this up in regard to it's in the court report. This stunned me, but I saw it in Stanford's game notes because Stanford beat Arizona over the weekend in a game that very few people saw because it was on New Year's Eve. Um, Stanford now is matched with Arizona. They're the only teams in the country to win a game against an AP top five opponent three years in a row. Arizona and Stanford are the only two teams to have done that. Coincidentally enough, they just played each other on Sunday. UCLA is out of the NCAA tournament picture altogether. We mentioned IU Nebraska. Uh, genuinely intrigued by that game. And let's see if Nebraska, okay, you win that, then we can really start talking. And I talked on HQ earlier in the day, GP, about Seton Hall at Providence. Providence right now is 11-2. and two. It's done really well for itself at home, yet to lose at home under Kim English. 
Uh, its success has turned the conversation from the Biggies being a five-bid league into the Biggies being a six-bid league. That's helped by the fact that, you know, St. John's took care of business against Butler on Tuesday night and stuff like that. Seton Hall is the win over UConn. It's an intriguing game. That's a 6.30 tip on Wednesday night. So uh, those are, the, I guess, the biggest headliners. I don't know if you mentioned anything else, but, uh, but that's, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty decent Wednesday night after a slow start to the week. Chicago State also on a back-to-back. Lost to Kansas State last night at Oklahoma State tonight. On Thursday night, okay. <laughs> they go, they're, like do, they're doing the back-to-back. Like they're, trying, they're trying to get as many checks as possible. That's no, I can't fault them. Uh, number 15, Memphis is at Tulsa on Thursday night. Colorado is at number 10, Arizona. Those are the two uh, most interesting games with ranked teams in them. Oregon at Washington. Utah at Arizona State. Did you notice Utah's 11 and 2, 2 and 0 in the Pac 12? I got the Utes ranked 26 in the top 25 and 1. Craig Smith got a he got an NCAA tournament team? He does. Brandon Carlson's a, is is a dude. I had him on my preseason top 101 players ballot, 7 footer shooting 40% from 3 this season. Utah at Arizona State. If you are a tournament team, Arizona State's okay, I guess. I mean, they're eight and five, um, and road, you know, games on the road and league play—they're not easy. That's that's a cliche, but it's also accurate there. But can you go in, win it, and uh, and make some noise there? Plenty of intrigue in Pac-12 all all around. Colorado can win the Pac-12. I think Arizona is going to host its one true challenger in the league to win it. Uh, we'll see. Colorado has not even been fully healthy, but uh, it hasn't mattered because KJ Simpson has been. And all American at this point, I think it's fair to say that with the way that he has been playing and helping uplift Colorado amid other injury issues, he's in that conversation. That is the best game of Thursday night. There's no doubt about it whatsoever. Uh, Nine thirty tip on the ESPN, and then you've got Oregon and Washington. I think we'll. I think and I mentioned earlier, Pac-12 right now trending toward three bids. Okay, Arizona one, Colorado two. If it's only three, maybe Oregon or Washington's the other. If it's not Utah, four, maybe. But Oregon and Washington, that's a that's a key one for the Huskies. You know, on your home floor here, you need to take care of business. We'll see if they can uh, if they can get it done overall. But yeah, Pac-12 uh, populates, and then oh, by the way, JMU will continue to try and be undefeated at place at Louisiana on Thursday night and try to uh, to get by without a scrape. We'll see if they can uh, get it done. I would think Memphis is going to be able to take out Tulsa. A little bit improved in year two um, under Eric Conkle is Tulsa, but Memphis is the better team, and I I would expect it to uh, to emerge there and continue to to help. One, okay. one thing to keep an eye on there, I believe i read is david jones sick yeah okay. uh hadn't practiced all week so you never know how that's gonna go everybody's sick my kids your kids david jones i know well that's that's pretty much everybody so hey, uh, everybody yeah so there we uh yeah there we go with uh with all of that no but yeah i hope everyone has been able to stay healthy you mentioned uh some covid issues yeah in-laws got it as well so hear that and the, yeah it's just kind of it's all it's all uh it's all spreading around one last thought though Arizona 10 and three. Someone asked me this for my mailbag and I, um, our research team couldn't dig it up yet either. I don't know the answer. This might not be findable, but someone asked me. So right now, Arizona's 10 and three. This past five games have been loss, win, loss, win, loss. Now it's home against Colorado. Let's see what uh, they have in mind. Tommy Lloyd is yet to lose back-to-back games in his career. And someone asked, do I know the record for the longest start to a head coaching career before a, a coach lost back-to-back games? I don't know what it is, but Tommy Lloyd is more than 80 games in and has not yet technically happened. If you have the ability or desire to actually research this and find me on it, I will give you credit on the pod and in the court report. But that's a, uh, that's a deep dive there. Impressive nonetheless that you get to halfway through your third season and yet still Arizona under Tommy Lloyd is yet to lose back-to-backs. It will try and keep that going with a win on Thursday against Colorado. Hold on. I'm doing a quick research project here. Damn it. Yeah, you can't get that. I tried. Yeah. 
I got to year two with Brad Stevens. <laughs> you dropped two in a row? Yes. That loser yeah. lost yeah. to Loyola, Chicago, and Milwaukee back-to-back. That guy is such an overrated coach. Um, nobody nobody ever talks about that. All they ever talk about, oh, Brad Stevens took Butler to the title game two years in a row. Yeah, that's fine. But what about the time when he lost to Loyola, Chicago, and Milwaukee back-to-back? Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. Stevens and Underwood hold the record for most wins in the first three seasons of a career, and I think it's 89. So I'm looking up Underwood right now at Stephen F. Austin. No back-to-back losses in year one. Okay. No. Oh, now year two, three in a row to start. Uh, Northern Iowa, Xavier Baylor, they got him. That's it. Damn it. Let me check. Let me check. Louisville, and Kenny Payne. Stop. I got to check. You got to cross everything off the list. Yeah. Just Dude to make diligence. sure. Yeah. You got to make sure. Let me see. You're outrageous. Okay. Louisville, go back to last year. Did they ever lose back to back game? Oh, shit. They lost a bunch of back to back games. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They lost their first nine. <laughs> two year, to- someone in the chat saying two year Tony Hinkle might have it. That might be true. Two year old Tony Hinkle might hold the record. Yeah, he might have gone until he was a good seven, eight years old before taking back to back. He was tough. He was tough. Go. He was tough. Well, I think that's enough for one day. I think it is. Let's go. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry M.F. and Teagle. He's a legend. I hope he gets to that Foster Pavilion someday. I think he will. I think he probably will. Shouts to Huck and Larnell. I hope Huck gets there. Uh, is Huck still with us? I have no idea. Uh, he should be. <laughs> he should. He should be. I got no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I haven't, I haven't heard from him in a while. Yeah. He, he doesn't. He didn't reach out to me. Huck. I need Huck's, by the way, for those who aren't understanding the bit here, Huck is a dog. Huck is a dog. <laughs> and Larnell is a he's, just a, he's just a friend. Yeah, Larnell. By the way, Larnell's still lingering around the shouts. Yeah. Right. Forever. Uh, forever? Okay. He's a legend forever. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Somebody gave us two thirty thousand dollars just because he knew DeAndre Ayton. All right. How is that not a legend? All right, fair enough. Anybody ever given you thirty grand just for knowing somebody? I wish. <laughs> you know? Larnell's a legend forever. If you're not subscribed, please subscribe. Anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple and Spotify. There's more of us than there are of them. That should be reflected in the comments. The Mountain West is one of us. That seems pretty clear. I think we have a podcast first. You have uh, you have endorsed and uh, reported that an, an entire conference is one of us. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can ride with it. I think the Mountain West would be good with that as well. I think the Mountain West would embrace that label. So um, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you reflect everything that needs to be reflected in the comments. And we're going to talk to you again real soon. Till then, take care.